The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. It's time for a different take on spirituality for the modern world. Welcome to Big Universe with Jim Lefter. Why, hello, and welcome to Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. I'm Jim Lefter. I'll be your host for today's adventure. I'm kind of a spiritual journeyman kind of guy, a media producer. I run a website with online courses called youthrivehere.com. Joining me today as co-host is Spiritual Rebel, Sarah Bowen. Sarah's the author of Spiritual Rebel, a positively addictive guide to finding deeper perspective and higher purpose. How are you doing today, Sarah? I am good, Jim. Summer is coming. That is true. It actually, it's a nice temperature outside, a nice calm temperature to me. I like calm. Yeah. <laughs> That, you know what? I, I could go on about what that means, but I think our interview today is going to tip off a little bit about your calmness and the weather. So let's just not go into a full-on full spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to be talking with Carrie Davidson about her take on what she calls the five archetypes, which I find very interesting. Have you uh, have you done this kind of, you know these sort of type tests before? Did you ever do like the Enneagram or any of those kind of things? I love type tests. Like ever since I did the Myers-Briggs, you know, in, uh, in college, um, I, I love anything from the full-on 300 questions to the, the one you find in the back of a magazine. So I loved Carrie's book and the fact that it was grounded in some great spiritual traditional wisdom uh, gave me a lot to think about. Yeah, really. Really, there's there's some very interesting stuff here. I like the I like the traditional thing. I don't know where the enneagram comes from. Do you know where the enneagrams come come from? You know what? It's so funny. I have not. I have actually probably the only um, one of these surveys I have not done is the enneagram. Hmm. Although I'm surrounded by it all the time. Have you? I I've muddled through it a little bit. I did take a test, and supposedly I'm a I'm a six, which is the loyalist, followed by a four, which is the individualist. I have no idea what that means because I haven't you know read what, though, that deeply. That, knowing you, that 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 does kind of fit. You think? It does kind of fit. Yeah, maybe we'll have to we'll have to do a separate show, thinking about enneagram stuff someday. That could be fun. I, yeah, I feel like I'm such a, a combination of different types. I'm both an extrovert and an introvert. You know, it's a weird yeah, combination. You're like, you're like a combination of Yoda and Chewbacca. I like that. <laughs> I've never been called that before. I appreciate that very much. You're you're a good loyal friend with a lot of wisdom who can occasionally be fierce. 
<laughs> my son, when he was little, he and I would uh, do Chewbacca together. It would be kind of our call. He was, oh. you know, now he's 13, but <laughs> I don't think he'll do that with me anymore. But when he was like four or five, we'd do Chewbacca together. Well, you know, it is kind of interesting because what, what Carrie does is she mixes these, these, well, we'll get into it, but the elements and archetypes. And we talk a lot about archetypes in terms of um, characters, right? And the hero's journey and Joseph Campbell's work and all of that. Um, but it's a little different when you take it out of the anthropomorphic. It's, it's has a different feel to it. You're absolutely right. And you, you told me before the show, you had something really cool that's coming up in your calendar. I know this will happen, you know, at, our show will air after this happened, but can you talk about that? I can actually, and, and it will be going on in the fall as well. Um, there's a thing called World Unity Week, and it's not related to the unity of, of which we are part of the, the radio right now, um, but unity in a general term. Uh, but it's a gathering of all sorts of different spiritual um, organizations. The event we're doing tomorrow is following the sunrise for the solstice. It'll start in Australia, and then it'll be happening in ceremonies on indigenous lands throughout the world as we follow the full cycle of the sun. And so there's um, some events coming up in the fall, too, as well. But it's kind of neat. There's a lot going on right now um, about divisiveness and how do we how do we address that and how do we look at justice? And, and I think unity is a piece of that. And so I'm exciting, excited to see what comes out of this. That is so cool. Congratulations yeah. on being a part of that. Yeah, it's exciting. You know, there's a lot of opportunities for doing things these days, even though we're, um, we've got to stay somewhat far apart from each other. Um, but there's a lot of things we can tap into spiritually that, that perhaps we couldn't before when we were going on our, our normal busy lives. You're right. I think it's been a time of, of reflection, and, uh, and now it's a time of action. So Yeah, I do too. And, and I, think, um, I think each one of us has that deep, deep question of what is mine to do? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Are you ready for dueling inspirational quotes? I am. I nailed it this week, Jim. All right. Go I for did. it. I did. I hope the fans love this. Okay. So, only if we become calm as earth, fluid as water, and blazing as fire, will we be able to rise up to the task of peacemaking. Ooh, perfect. Perfect. Right? Yes. Who's that? Okay, that's Brother David Steindl Rast. Do you are you familiar with him? I'm not. Well, I have to tell you about him. He's he has a lot of books. He's a Benedictine monk and an author. Uh, prolific author, and he writes on the intersection between spirituality and science. You would love him. Ooh. Um, so that's just a little, uh, a little tip. He also has a beautiful book on blessings. That's um, really nice. But I, I like this idea of earth, water, and fire. Oh, earth, wind, and fire. No, earth, water, and fire. <laughs> different band. <laughs> different band, different music, but, but well worth listening to um, as we go in today talking about elements. Oh, that's perfect for today. All right. What did what'd you come up with? Here's mine. Divine beloved, change me into one who every day remembers who I really am, a living, breathing conduit for love. May I wake up to who I actually am, all I encounter. May I be carried by divine grace in every moment. May I know my true nature as love itself. Oh, I love that. Who is that? That's Tosha Silver from her book, Change Me Prayers, which I really, I love that book a lot. 
I have not read that, but I can tell when we're done today, it's going right in my cart. Very cool. Change, change me prayers. Change me prayers. That's beautiful. I, you know, I had a run-up quote um, that I was going to use that was about love itself. So I love that. <laughs> I love that love made it in anyway, <laughs> as it always does. As it, it always does. It always does. All right, are you ready to jump into our episode? I am. We've given people so many spoiler alerts that I bet they're as excited as we are. Well, I hope so. I hope so. Ed Biagioni joins us with a segment. Hello, everyone. It is Edward Biagioni, and I am the co-host of Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed on Unity Online Radio. And I am so happy to be here on Big Universe to talk about paving the way for your good. That's right, paving the way for our good. What we are experiencing right here and now is not even really what's happening right here and now. It's the past. It's it's what we pre-paved that already led to this moment. It, there's nothing we can do. If, if it's what we want, we can celebrate it. If it's not what we want, we have to just let it go. We have to let it go and ask ourselves, well, what do I want? And then pause and wonder, what can I do to move myself in the direction of what I really desire? And there's so much we can really do. I mean, on the most basic level, my life has changed for the better because I now plan to have a good day tomorrow. And I do things, little things that set me up for a better day tomorrow. Small things like getting the coffee pot ready for myself so that in the morning, it's very easy for me to just, what I call, press play on the coffee maker. It just takes that much less mental effort because in the morning, my mind can go all over the place. And that's why I have a morning routine. I often talk about it where I sit down, I read the Daily Word, I read from some Emmett Fox, some Florence Scovel Shin, some Eric Butterworth. I love, most things I love about Eric Butterworth, there's two books in particular. One is called Spiritual Economics and the other is called Celebrate Yourself. I love these books because I can read basically one paragraph out of any of these books and they start getting my mind moving into a forward movement instead of most of the time when I feel bad I'm really clinging to the past I'm trying to even if I don't realize it I'm subconsciously trying to work something out why did that happen what did I do wrong how, how do I make sure it doesn't happen and while that might lead me back eventually toward looking forward the sooner I can just direct my attention forward into what is becoming the sooner I'm actually getting into harmony with life because I heard Abraham Hicks talk about this on many occasions. If we're always, whenever we're looking back, it's like we're driving by looking at, looking into the rear view mirror or worse yet, looking behind us as we drive down the freeway. The, the challenge is the car is always moving forward. So if we're not looking forward, we have no idea where we're going. And we can't change what happened in the past. We can change the way we feel about it. We can change, you know, we can do forgiveness and all of that is great too. But the whole, the, the whole thrust of this type of living is to get moving in a positive direction more and more lately. That's what I remind myself. No matter what I think, no matter what Edward Biagioti thinks, 
life continues to move forward. No matter what the news says, no matter what the social meteor says, that's what I call social media, the social meteor. No matter what everyone on there is saying, life is moving forward. Life is expanding. Our job is to harmonize with that. When we harmonize with that, we feel joyful. We feel enlightened. We come up with new creative solutions. It's never going to come from lamenting the past. Mind you, there are, th there are ways to heal the parts of us that have hurt, the, 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 the traumas and such. This is not to disrespect anyone who's doing anything like that, but the end game of all of that is to get us back in the flow of life, to pave the way for better tomorrows, because that is where our, our, our power lies in the moment right now and where are we directing our mind because man this car is always moving forward uh there's a daily word from tuesday june 9th that says everything i do today paves the way for a fulfilling tomorrow i it, there's a quote a line in here that says i access the unlimited mind of god for direction and confidence i imagine my good coming to me as i envision and affirm my success i anticipate the satisfying feeling of a job well done it's, I can't uh, encourage you enough to, to spend just some time, like five minutes, just set a timer, eight minutes, imagining yourself being rich in whatever ways you define riches and whatever ways you desire. But for no other reason, just to imagine it and feel it and then let it go. Don't try to make it happen. Just imagine it and feel it and then let it go and go out there and live joyfully and be kind to one another. And just wait for the, 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 the direction that comes from within you. You'll always know what to do next. You'll always know that you're headed in the right direction. You'll meet the most amazing people. The most amazing doors will already be open. You'll just walk right in and everyone will say hello. Again, my name is Edward Biagioti. I co-host Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed on Unity Online Radio. And it has been great talking to you. Now here's Martha Creek with a Unity Moment. Hi friends, this is Martha Creek, MarthaCreek.com. I want to speak today about courage. And it's certainly at this time in our life uh, a big word and always has been. So to think about when we exist and operate at the level of courage, there's an attainment of power that comes with it even to have fear and fear not have us. And through that attainment of power, there's also a level and an embodiment of feeling of empowerment. And this is certainly a zone of exploration, uh, accomplishment, fortitude, and determination. And it is no little thing to be transcendent at all, to be able to even access a level of courage so that we can be in life, be in times that are challenging, uh, stimulating, and absolutely terrifying at times, and still through our courage and our access to courage implies and assures a willingness to find a way to try new things and to absolutely meet and deal with the vicissitude of life through an arena of empowerment. So in that place, in that level, in that arena, we're able to cope with, to cope with, and yes, effectively handle anything that life brings. Even when we believe we can't, it's not true. 
It's at this level. There is new energy accessed. There's potential for growth, education, ways to move us into new understandings, uh, to, uh, to grow our capacity to face fear and our uh, personal personality or character defects, and to grow despite them. We put back into the world equal or greater energy as we're taking. So we're putting back equal to or more energy, vitality, contribution to the world than we're taking. Courage. Who would you be as courage? Love and blessings. MarthaCreek.com. And now it's time for our interview. Carrie Davidson is the founder and leader of Turnersoul, a holistic health think tank collaborative in New York City with programs that combine groundbreaking science and proven wisdom to empower people and organizations with strategies that build resilience and well-being through self-knowledge, self-acceptance, and mastery of individual gifts. She's also the executive director of Turnersoul Kids and served as director of administration for the Nalanda Institute of Contemplative Contemplative science, contemplative science. Let's try that. Prior to joining Nalanda, Davidson led human resources for Columbia College of Columbia University and was executive director of caring at Columbia, a component of the Division of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry at the Columbia Presbyterian Hospital, which provides cultural sensitive, culturally sensitive. Pro- you know, this is a long introduction. This is an impressive introduction, Jim. (laughs) Culturally sensitive prevention and intervention programs using art and music for at-risk children in New York City. Her new book is The Five Archetypes, Discover Your True Nature and Transform Your Life and Relationships. Hi, Carrie. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Jim. Thank you so much for having me. It is so awesome that you're that you're on here. And I'm I'm really excited to talk about the five archety- archetypes. Um now Sarah and I have both gone through the, the quizzes, the assessments, and we're excited to to learn more. Uh but I thought we might get an idea from you. What what is the five what are the five archetypes concept? What where does that come from and what what is it? Well, the concept comes from ancient Chinese medicine, actually. And it's a system for deeply understanding yourself, uh, understanding how you particularly, so it's a personalized system for coping under stress, for building resilience over time to these stress triggers. And it's, it's a method for actually how to, how to have success through challenge. So how do we grow? How do we develop in the face of the things that are the most difficult for us? And a lot of times we get... Uh, we we are a you know we're a culture that that doesn't feel comfortable um, in sitting in this these discomfort spaces of feeling cruddy and feeling scared and so we want to avoid it so we go into reactive states easily or we medicate in one way or another but this is a system that teaches you exactly what your discomfort is going to look like so you can predict it what's going to trigger it so you know ahead of time and you can plan for it and exactly what to do about it so that you can come out stronger on the other end. You mentioned about uh, in the book about three choices of how we respond to challenge, Um, expand, learn, and prosper, ignore, and try to function 
sink into a reactive state to cause harm. I can tell you, I've been in all those places. Yeah, I'll agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One, one point or another. Can you talk a little bit about those choices, expand, learn, and prosper, for instance? Yeah, well, I've been in all of those places in the past hour. So <laughs> <laughs> I walk myself through it. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so we tend to to get into this space of fear of the unknown, especially now. I mean, if you look at what's going on in our world today, we have no idea where we're headed. There's so much unpredictability, but in times in our lives, um, sometimes on a daily basis, we go into the unknown in our love life, as parents, at work. And, um, you know, so we can, we can go into one of these three ways of responding to that fear and sinking into you know this reactive state is that um not not being able to sit with the discomfort and so we have to fix it so those reactive states could be um over medicating could be going you know um drinking alcohol to suppress the feeling or taking a you know narcotics or something to suppress it um going into it, any addictive behavior overeating not eating um you know um staying in relationships longer than than we should even when it's better to get out just because it it's painful to separate um so we could you know sink into these reaction states just to quickly fix that uh, that uncomfortable space. Um, the other thing that we can do is is ignore it and just try to function. Um, many fire people will do that. What you don't know won't hurt you, right? So it's cool to stay in that unknown space because you sleep better at night if you don't have to face it. Um, but then there's the you know like you said the expanding, learning, and then prospering through it. That's you know, facing the shark head on. That's like, you know, what do they tell you when you're in the forest and you see a bear? Like, don't run, like stand up and make yourself really big. <laughs> make yourself big, make yourself noisy. <laughs> Back away slowly. Right. <laughs> right. But our instinct is to run like hell, to really get away. So our instinct is, is usually going to be connected to our maladaptive traits that are you know aligned correlated with our primary archetype but if you can if you can face the pain for a second that discomfort and sit you can expand your potential for learning and understanding what it is that will give you that ultimate freedom or success from that ache and so that's kind of like you know the three ways for how to how to respond when you feel that pain of that fear, it's usually fear of the unknown is what that's about. Now you talk about the, the archetypes are kind of a map and we're gonna go dive into the archetypes a little bit in our second half. And also, um, you know, Sarah and I did our homework, we did our, our assessment. So Yay. we'll talk about that. Um, but <laughs> you, you talk about the archetypes being a map. What do you mean by that? Well, it's a framework for understanding exactly how to predict um, your own pitfalls in the face of stress states. <clears throat> so, so what happens is as soon as you understand your breakdown, the breakdown of the five archetypes within your nature, um, you plug it in to this map, a roadmap or a framework for understanding exactly how to cope in the face of your biggest stress triggers 
And in that space, you can then bring your brain back into, um, you know, being available to you. <laughs> being yeah, which is helpful. Solve. Helpful. Very helpful. <laughs> and then there's a whole system for understanding uh, exactly how to build resilience for you. So I think the problem with a lot of our educational and healthcare systems, one of, one of our issues is that it's one size fits all in, in very many cases. And this is a system for creating a roadmap that is very specific to who you are, how you process information, how you learn, what your biggest fears are, and how you specifically grow through challenge. So it, it becomes your own personalized roadmap to healing and, and it offers physical components, cognitive components, and spiritual components because we are all of those things intertwined. You can't really take out, you know, your the fact that you didn't sleep from the fact that you have a, you know, you had a fight with your best friend the next day. I mean, that it's all interrelated. So, so that's what I mean by map. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Sorry, Sarah, I thought you were going to jump in. Yeah, there. I was going to say something, and then I was like, <laughs> should I really bear that? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, go for it. What I, what I found interesting about you talking about this as a map is the idea of how it kind of makes my normal feelings of guilt about my actions kind of drop away a little bit. Like, this is predictable. This is the way that, that Sarah works, or Jim works, or Carrie works, or whoever the listener is, right? And it just, it seems to put a little bit of spaciousness in between how we behave and feeling really crappy about how we behave sometimes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it, it almost, it offers dignity in a, in a way. It really, yeah. because all of these things that we do, all of our feelings, emotions, reactions, um, the way we engage in a relationship or the way we um, experience fear of disengagement um, whatever, whatever our stuff is, when you understand it from this perspective, you understand it not only as all of these components inside of us that help us always self-regulate and grow through our challenges and become stronger humans, but it also offers this beautiful window into empathy and compassion for other people so that your relationships grow. Because then your guilt, let's say if guilt comes up because you didn't offer something or you weren't as good a friend as you had hoped, or you didn't offer everyone soup, you only offered half of the people soup or whatever it was, you start to understand that like, okay, that's just my stuff and my guilt actually impacts the other four people in this way. And so if I want to be the most compassionate I can be to myself and to others, I know how to balance out my guilt feelings because it makes the water people in the room feel really uncomfortable if I over try to over please them because I feel guilty and then I'm causing harm. So it gives you this really cool framework to understand how to be the most caring you could possibly be to yourself and to others. And so all of these feelings and things that, that usually cause frustration for you can actually be used as these great windows to expanding your experience in, in life and love. Awesome. Well, we'll be right back on Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. I have within me greater power than I ever 
Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to a slightly off-kilter look at spirituality. This is Big Universe with Jim Lefter. Welcome back to Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. So we're talking with Carrie Davidson, and we're talking about archetypes. And I guess I want to I want to dive in a little bit to what the archetypes are as you describe them in the book. Can you go through that? We first, I guess, would start with wood. Yeah, let's start with wood. So wood people, if wood is your primary, you tend to be a trailblazer. Your gift to this world is freedom. You, you want freedom for yourself and you want to help other people feel free to make the choices that are best for them in their lives. Wood's biggest fears revolve around confinement and when they face their fears, they tend towards anger and frustration. Then you have fire people. Fire people are the eternal optimists they see the glass half full, they love life, they love having fun, they love playfulness. Um, their biggest fears revolve around loss of love or loss of connection. And when, they're, when they face their fears, they tend towards anxiety and panic, big drama over little things. Then you have earth people. Earth people, their gift to the world is empathy and compassion. They are caregivers and pleasers. They love being needed. Their biggest fears revolve around abandonment, and when their fears are realized, they tend towards worry, overwhelm, getting stuck making decisions, um, sometimes paralyzed, and not moving forward with ideas. Then you have metal. Metal people, their gift to the world is beauty and perfection. They uh, have very high standards for themselves and others. Um, they, their biggest fears revolve around making a mistake or being wrong. And when they face their fears, they tend towards obsessively focusing on small details, sometimes to the point where they even miss the bigger picture. Um, they can over-focus on what's wrong instead of what's right in a problem. Then you have water. Water people, their gift to the world is peace. They are philosophers, dreamers, poets, creatives. They love living in their imagination. They tend to have a fear of making the wrong decision and of becoming obsolete, like not meaning anything to people because their, their core need in this world is to identify, to distill the truth out of mystery. They are the Buddhas among us. Um, and when they feel, um, when they face their biggest fears, they tend to over-isolate. So like they love being in their mind, they can even over-isolate into their mind and disengage, and they have a tendency towards depression in those cases. So interesting as you go through those descriptions all yeah. of a sudden, like I, I start, I mean, so succinctly, right? There's so much more juicy stuff in the book as well, but you know, I start to envision people in my family and my friends as you're describing them it's it's really phenomenal and you yeah. say that everybody's kind of an amalgam amalgam that word of all of all amalgam oh, thank you uh amalgam of all these in, in one form or another yeah we all have all of them in us we have one primary that um that stays with us and remains our primary throughout our lifetime um <clears throat> 
and it guides the way we interact with our internal and external environment. So it's, what do you offer to the group? What do you bring to the relationship? How are you going to see this particular problem? When I know your primary scores, I know what you're thinking about me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I can guess now, but as soon as I see your scores, I'll be able to be like, oh, right. That's what they think of me. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, Carrie is strong with the force as we have the show. She is. And so because I, I uh, have gone through the archetypes, I'm going to push um, Sarah first in the analysis. Of, oh, lovely. Uh, nice. You know, I, don't, I don't mind that. And it won't be a surprise that I don't mind that based on my scores. Yes. Yeah, I'm guessing. <laughs> I'm guessing. Should I guess or you want to tell me? You know what, <laughs> Carrie, you should guess. I think that would be curious. So I'm feeling earth. Wow, good, because I didn't have much of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, earth is like accommodating. If someone else tells you to go first, you'll do it. You know, it's interesting because, you know, when you answer the questions on the assessment, there's a certain level of judging yourself, right, of certain things. So I saw a little bit of my shadow. Perhaps I didn't allow as much earth in. Um, yeah. As as I would. I, I ended up um, high, very high on fire, then wood. Oh, wait, uh, do you know, do you know your actual numbers? I do. Uh -oh. oh, can you tell me them? Okay. No, it's cool. It's cool. So, and everyone is now going to immediately go get this book to try this because this is, this is a lot yes. of fun actually. Yes. Um, fire, I was 19, wood 14, metal 11, water 8, Earth five, and I was pining for the fact that I didn't get to answer air. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, it's funny. So it, I, some people ask me this. So the five elements in Chinese medicine are these five, fire, earth, metal, water, wood. And the five elements in Ayurvedic, um, in the Ayurvedic model uh, have air and space, right? So it's fire, earth, air, space, and water in Ayurveda. So, and Ayurveda is like more deeply understood, I think, and practiced um, in our culture because it's yoga. Yoga and breath work is all from Ayurveda. And so people, I think, are um, just more, they, they know it more. They're more familiar with it. So I do get that question. Like, where is it? Yeah. <laughs> and what was interesting is I, I kind of expected myself, my, I'm tridoshic. So in Ayurvedic, I'm, I'm even across the three, wow. right? I, like you can't really pick one that's more than the other. And so I expected like, yeah, I'm going to be the same on this. So what it pointed me towards was all of these different models or frameworks or maps um, are very different. They, they raise up different things to look at. So, mm -hmm. so what does that score tell you or do we, where do we go from here? Yeah, so I can give you kind of a, a little bit of an overview, and then what, I mean, we could talk about what you guys want to spend time on, but a lot of times what I do when I do interviews is people will tell me a, a specific challenge they're going through, and then based on your scores, I can kind of help you work your way through that challenge. So we could either do that, or I can, I can give you like a quick overview of what your scores say about you. Wait, should we? <laughs> You're like, oh, uh, no. <laughs> stunned. Sarah, you know, I, well, I'm wondering, hmm, I don't know that I have a particular challenge right now that's popping yeah. up. So perhaps maybe the more general, and then I'd be really curious about how that kind of relates to, to Jim's, Jim's Boy, numbers. Yeah. yeah. That'd be interesting. Okay. So your primary fire which, I mean, you and I, I mean, I, when we got on this call, I'm like, oh my God, we look alike. 
I mean, we have the same glasses and say, so, I mean, I just feel like we're sisters somehow. So I'm fire, fire people, like we, we kind of feel each other. Fire people make fire. <laughs> yes. Um, so your primary is fire. You probably like to have fun. You need to relax. Um, you need, you need to connect with people. You need to be seen and recognized. Um, you need, um, you, you like to light up a room, but you don't even have to try. You probably show up and people, and there's just something about you that's a glow and people gravitate towards fire people. Um, fire people, they hate being ignored. So. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, this is on air. Uh-oh, my students are going to be like, aha. <laughs> yeah, it's very uncomfortable. Fire people are also um, on the like, skeptical goable scale, we're much more of the goable type. We don't ask those tough questions all the time because it feels like it's not nice and it might cause like a disruption or a disconnection. Like who's gonna wanna hang out with you if you ask them, you know, all these details about like, oh really you like me? What do you like about me? I mean, that's just off-putting, but that's very watery. <laughs> so water people dig that. Fire people are like, no, I want the connection more than I want to deal with these difficult questions about what your intentions are in this conversation. That so, makes um, a lot of sense. I'm an interfaith minister. So oh, the wow. I, yeah, so that idea of the connection um, mm -hmm. is is very important. So that that hits that on the head. Mm-hmm. Um, your moat, you, your, your wood is high, which is lovely. That's your gas tank. That's an agenda. That's a plan. That's envisioning a future. That's initiation. That's building. That's creating. That's getting out there and doing the work. So if you can do all those things naturally, it keeps your fire in check. So you don't get too over in that place where you're too gullible. Like you can still keep yourself in check, even though we all do our, you know, our stress state behaviors sometimes. <laughs> um, if you have that, you know, that gas tank filled and you can do it yourself, you tend to not go into your um, maladaptive states too much. Um, earth is your coping mechanism. Earth is where you, um, where you easily release the stress of that high anxiety, panic, big drama over little things stuff, and it's your lowest. So it means that sometimes it might take you longer to recover in times of extreme stress. Um, you may go deeper into a stress state um, um, before you recognize it as a stress state, and then it takes a little while to bring you back. Um, Earth is also about digestion. So that's like, you know, on a core level, make sure your digestion is is good make sure you're eating enough make sure that Jim, i think carrie's fixed me <laughs> <laughs> i bought a camper for the summer to write in so i am going to be getting a lot of that earth i'm going to be going back and rereading the earth chapter yeah and i think you just i think you in that little glimpse you just nailed a lot of it right on the head Wow, yeah. that was fabulous. Okay, I'm so curious. I'm so curious about Jim now, and I'm watching the time, and I'm like, I would, Let's as a fire, I would like it to be all about me. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> but I'm wondering about uh, Jim. What? How? Where'd you come out? Well, my number one was Earth, actually, and it was fired. It was fire as my second. My lowest one was wood. And then, do you have your numbers? You know, I don't have my numbers. I it's didn't okay. write that down. 
do you know where your where was your medal and water? Do you know which one was third and fourth or not? Really? Uh, water was was third and metal was fourth. So it was earth, fire, water, metal, wood. Okay, so it's not uncommon for earth to have lowest wood. So each of us has one that like controls us. And by controlling, um, it just means, you know, in practical terms, it's the one that we can tolerate the least. It's the one that can hurt our feelings the most, like people who, have, who are very strong in those natures just feel like very uncomfortable around us. But at the same time, it's this like this yin and yang, right? Because it's Chinese medicine. Hmm. There's actually a gift in that. Okay. You know, even, even though it feels difficult, our biggest challengers are also our, our biggest teachers. And if we can pause in these moments where, you know, back to like this whole idea of pausing in the face of discomfort and uncomfortable feelings, if we can pause in those moments, can you see the hero and the one that controls you? Can you see the gift in that challenging person or the fact that you don't want to exercise? Like maybe there is a gift in there if I do exercise, you know? Yes, yes. Uh, right? And I'm only using exercise because exercise is actually um relevant here because wood is about physical movement at its core mm -hmm. you know physical component and because it's your lowest you probably have to like work really hard to get yourself to exercise it's like oh, um, wow. that may be that may be accurate <laughs> i'm not really gonna take sure that may be accurate um so but earth people um, earth people are caregivers. They need to be needed. They they can't tolerate when people don't need them. It, do, it just doesn't feel good. They need that recognition of like um, someone saying, you did such a good thing for me. You you helped me. You made my life better. You, you made this amazing meal. Earth people see the value in sharing and collaboration and teamwork. Um, they they want to be part of a team. They don't want to be the person in the office who's not invited to the office party and has to stay back and cover the front desk every time. It's that would be devastating to be left out of the group. They're, they need to be part of a unit, and they need the unit to care about them. Hmm. And um, Earth people nurture ideas for a long time, as opposed to wood being your opposite. Wood people get an idea and tomorrow they've started the company and a week from now they've sold it. <laughs> <laughs> so earth people tend to nurture ideas for a while, gathering information, gathering context and, and people together and having brainstorming sessions and thinking about who else do they need on their team. And so it could take a while because because wood is about drive and earth being the opposite is is holding space like the, like outside your window where there's the earth is the ground it doesn't go anywhere but it nurtures all the seeds mm -hmm. and makes sure that they grow into beautiful plants and and can support people and um so so that's like your your earth wood relationship your second being fire is awesome. It's it's similar to Sarah in that, you know, Sarah, the one before hers is, before fire is wood, wood is her gas tank. Your gas tank is fire. And since it's your second highest, you nurture yourself. Like you can bring humor into your life, um, hopefulness, um, you know, optimism, playfulness, all of those things that warm your earth's ability to stay out of those extreme stress states. Mm -hmm. um, 
and your second lowest being metal is not dissimilar um, to Sarah, where, you know, her coping mechanism is going to be found in earth, the one that comes after her primary, your coping mechanism is in metal, the one that comes after your earth. So that means that, um, that you may sometimes similarly have, have a challenge coping in the face of extreme stress or sit in those stress states for a little bit longer um, than someone whose metal was stronger. And so mm. if I was working with you guys, I would probably give you both some neuroplasticity exercises that correspond to your coping mechanism nature to help you recover more quickly in the face of your stress state. Interesting. That's very interesting. Very interesting. Well, I want to, I'd love to talk more about the archetypes, but I have a couple other questions for you. And one is, you know, you talk about four phases of groundwork for this work. Um, and that seems very important for us to talk about a little bit, because, you know, when you do the assessment, when you do this work, you have to be, have to have a grounding for it. So what do you suggest those phases are? Well, it's interesting because so many people want to just like, they want the quick fix. Just tell me what to do. Right. But if you don't have a container for it, it's not going to go anywhere. Like I could, a lot of people, right. They go away for a two week silent meditation, hoping that they can come back to like, they're not getting divorced and they're not losing their job and their kids aren't driving them crazy. And surprise, <laughs> it's all still there. Cause you do have to create a foundation for holding and for recognizing this information. So the first thing is that to note is that this is, these are like really subtle bits of information about yourself. And in order to hear them and, and pay attention to them and then recognize them and be able to use that to, to control your ability to stay centered and resilient, you got to get quiet. You have to be able to find to find that pause. That's the, the water element of growth. Water is about getting quiet and listening. And so the first phase is really creating space for yourself to, to be able to understand what your body and your mind and what your thoughts and emotions are in the face of stress triggers. Because we, we get so caught up in the, in the, the rat race and the, the, the busyness of our days that you don't really remember what happened, but it sucked. I'm pretty sure I had a sucky day. I don't know what, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I can't tell you, but. Right. So, so yeah, get quiet. And the second step is about tracking it, writing it down. You're going to forget. I mean, if you're me, you're going to forget. And so <laughs> tracking it, when you can name it and track it and look back over it, you actually have a basis for, um, for tracking your success, for being able to see that you've changed. And then it just doesn't feel like you're constantly in this, you know, cruddy space of feeling awful and dealing with difficulty. You can actually watch like, wow, last week I, I you know, I panicked 17 times and this week only 12. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it is an improvement. Right. Um, then once you start to do that, you start to know what your stress triggers are and what they look like in your mind and in your body. And then you can start to plan ahead for them. Then you can be like, oh gosh, this always happens when I have a meeting with Bill. And I know I have three meetings with Bill coming up next week. How do I, um, how do I uh, strengthen my foundation of resilience before I meet with Bill? What do I need to do? What do I do right before the meeting? Can I send him an agenda so he stays within the agenda? You know, and so Bill, Bill is such a pain in the butt sometimes. I know. I had 17 <laughs> panic attacks last week on account of Bill. I know. Bill's right? a problem. I think it's his fault, not mine. 
Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> you... No, I feel bad. I feel bad. I apologize <laughs> to all the bills in the world. <laughs> all right. So, so playing ahead is, you know, prepare for, for this based on Yeah. It. And there are ways you got to do it in your body. So there are physical things you can do, like breathing, making sure you're exercising, getting good sleep, drinking enough water. And you also do it cognitively. There are ex cognitive exercises to do. And on a spiritual level, can you see... Can you see the benefit, poor Bill? Can you see the benefit in Bill's behavior in your meetings? Like, what is that teaching you to do? It's a gift. In the end, you're becoming more resilient to all those other, poor guy, I don't want to use his name anymore. Now I feel really <laughs> No, that's okay. Bill, Bill is a mirror for our shadows, and he's exactly. to us. So we, We're, we, we are all Bill. Bill. We are all Bill. <laughs> okay. But then the last step is when you no longer really have to work at it. It's kind of integrated. It's, it's a new habit in a sense, right? You don't really think about it. You just, you just know, you know, every day I do this work to make sure that I am resilient in the face of the discomfort that is going to arise. Like we're, we can't, we can't control everything. We can control, you know, our responses and our reactions. Um, if we're feeling good, you know, if we're, if we're being, if we're our best and there are ways to build that up in yourself so that you can most of the time be your best. Um, but yeah, the last step is like real integration and not having to plan and not having to think about it as much because it just come, becomes part of who you are. And I bet if you think back on your life, there are many lessons you've learned and new habits you've incorporated after only getting it wrong 17 times, right, Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> 17, 16, who's counting? <laughs> well, can I say something about fire? Fire people tend to repeat mistakes more than the rest of us because we don't, we can't tolerate uncomfortable emotions. And in order to recover and to learn our lessons, you have to sit in that discomfort and we can't stand it. It's horrible. So I don't know if you've experienced that, but yeah, so 17. No, not at all. Like, <laughs> no, but I, it, this is, it's just so, it's so intriguing because, you know, this is information. This is information, mm -hmm. right? As opposed to a way to judge ourselves. This is helpful, helpful information. Yeah, yeah. So method opt optimization you talk about with the five archetypes. You talk about recognizing your primary strengths and stress states, understanding your primary individual need for safety, and achieve balance. We've got about three minutes. So can you put that all in three minutes? <laughs> yeah, so, so using this method, the five archetypes method, it helps, it's very personalized to you um, and helps you predict and overcome, you know, your, your um, chronic stress states and your reactive behaviors. But it starts by first knowing your primary. You need to, so taking the assessment, understanding who you are and how you feel stressed. The second step is understanding your needs for safety. So in the book, there's a really long list for each of the five types of the core needs that if they are not met, you will go into your stress stage. Mm -hmm. Many of them, they usually correspond to your, to your, you know, your biggest fears, which are, you know, loss of love, confinement, making, you know, becoming obsolete, being wrong, making mistakes and abandonment. And um, so once you understand your primary, you can then understand your needs for safety. Um, and then when you have that, that's when you can start to predict and overcome these stress states because you know, every time you see Bill, he's very confining. 
<laughs> if you're a wood person. And he always pulls out the rule book and you can't stand it because wood people are trailblazers. They want to do something different. They want to try something new. So Bill is always going to drive you crazy. <laughs> so, and so when you know that, there you how how then you can go about figuring out how to have your needs for safety met more of the time on your own, not expecting other people to do it for you, but how to build that in so you feel more safe and um, and more in balance all the time. If you could give one tool to our listeners, what would it be today? Oh my God! I know. Boil it down to one tool. Is it possible? Um, I think it's going to be um, being comfortable. When you feel discomfort, pause. Don't act. Just take a breath. And I don't mean an in-breath, actually. Well, you have to in-breath it, like inhale. But like a nice, firm exhale out of the mouth. And it, it initiates the parasympathetic nervous system and quiets the mind's need to be in a reactive state. Because whatever you're going to choose in that moment is not going to further you towards success. <laughs> <laughs> guilty <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's incredibly helpful because the breath is accessible to us all the time yeah right yeah if we just remember if we remember it's accessible to us yeah and Bill, we love you. We really do love you. We do, Bill. Oh, my God. We should have Bill on the show, Jim. We should find anybody named Bill. You're welcome on the show. Welcome on the show. We'll, we'll even have Carrie on to read your your whole system so you can figure out how to get along with us how about that <laughs> exactly exactly oh my gosh poor Bill. <laughs> well thank you so much carrie for being on big universe it's been great to having you have you on oh thank you guys this is so fun thanks again of course and her new book is the five archetypes discover your true nature and transform your life and relationships uh, is there a website that people can get more information about you yeah, there's a lot of information on fivearchetypes.com. You can dive in a little bit deeper to your individual primary nature and you can learn about the others. And I do take a limited number of one-on-one -on -one clients now and you can book through that website too. Awesome, awesome. For more great information about Sarah Bowen, go to www.spiritual-rebel.com. I've got premium video courses and I help people create them on my website called youthrivehere.com. I hope you join me there. Thanks everybody. We'll talk with you next time on Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>